Turn in your Bibles, please, to 1 Samuel chapter 23 as we continue our study through Samuel. 1 Samuel chapter 23, verse 1. Now they told David, Behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, Shall I go and attack the Philistines? And the Lord said to David, Go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, Behold, we are afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered him, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and struck them with a great blow. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. When Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David to Keilah, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah, and Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that that has gates and bars. And Saul summoned all the people, to war, to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him, and he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant, has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come down. Then David said, will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will surrender you. Then David and his men, who were about 600, arose and departed from Keilah. And they went wherever they could go. When Saul was told that David had escaped from Keilah, he gave up the expedition, and David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness, in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. David saw that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Oresh. And Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Oresh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul my father also knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Oresh, and Jonathan went home. Then the Ziphites went up to Saul at Gibeah, saying, Is not David hiding among us in the strongholds at Oresh on the hill of Hachalah, which is south of Jeshimon? Now come down, O king, according to all your heart's desire to come down, and our part shall be to surrender him into the king's hand. And Saul said, May you be blessed by the Lord, for you have had compassion on me. Go make yet more sure. Know and see the place where his foot is and who has seen him there, for it is told me that he is very cunning. 
See therefore and take note of all the lurking places where he hides and come back to me with sure information. Then I will go with you and if he is in the land, I will search him out among all the thousands of Judah. And they arose and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the wilderness of Mound in the Arabah to the south of Jeshimon. And Saul and his men went to seek him. And David was told, so he went down to the rock and lived in the wilderness of Mount. And when Saul heard it, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Mount. Saul went on one side of the mountain and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And David was hurrying to get away from Saul. As Saul and his men were closing in on David and his men to capture them, a messenger came to Saul saying, Hurry and come, for the Philistines have made a raid against the land. So Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore that place was called the Rock of Escape. And David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. And may God add his richest blessing to the reading of this portion of his holy word. Will you pray with me, please? Again, our Father, we thank you for your holy word. We thank you that you have spoken to us. And we pray that by the power of your spirit that you would come and speak to us uh, once again. That we may see our Lord Jesus Christ high and lifted up. We pray that his sheep would hear his voice and know him and follow him and that we would offer ourselves to him promptly and sincerely in spite of the inability and sin of the preacher. We ask in Jesus' name, amen. Be seated, please. God is my helper. We are blessed in so many ways because of other people's suffering. Ultimately, we have eternal and infinite blessings because of the suffering of our Savior, Jesus Christ. We enjoy the degree of freedom that we have because of the suffering of what's called the greatest generation in World War II and rebuilding after the Great Depression. Our ancestors suffered to provide a better future for us. And it's been pointed out that we are blessed to have right much of the New Testament because of the suffering of the Apostle Paul in prison where he had time to sit and write letters that are now in our Scripture. And we've been studying these passages where young David is being hunted by an angry king and we see that we are blessed now because of David's suffering then. Like Paul, who wrote so many letters from prison, it is remarkable to see how many of the Psalms David wrote out of his experiences on the run from King Saul. David is still running for his life in this passage from King Saul. 
And as we have seen before, help shows up for David from all sorts of people and places. And here it happens again. But finally, there's no one left to come to David's aid. And the trap is closing in. But when all is said and done, David was safe again. We find out that he wrote yet another psalm about this very experience to explain what this means for us. Psalm 54. And right in the middle of Psalm 54, which says David wrote it out of this experience. Right in the middle of Psalm 54, it says, God is my helper. That's the message of this experience in the life of David. God is my helper. Let's get to it. First in this passage, we see salvation from the Philistines. Salvation from the Philistines. Look at verse 1. Now they told David, behold, the Philistines are fighting against Keilah and are robbing the threshing floors. Therefore David inquired of the Lord, shall I go and attack these Philistines? And the Lord said to David, go and attack the Philistines and save Keilah. But David's men said to him, behold, we're afraid here in Judah. How much more then if we go to Keilah against the armies of the Philistines? Then David inquired of the Lord again, and the Lord answered him, Arise, go down to Keilah, for I will give the Philistines into your hand. And David and his men went to Keilah and fought with the Philistines and brought away their livestock and struck them with a great blow. So David saved the inhabitants of Keilah. Now we see here, though David is running for his life, he still has the heart of the shepherd protecting his sheep. He still has the heart of the true king. You know, in a previous passage, Saul had just wiped out one of his own cities, Nob. He had massacred the priest and then devoted his own city of his own people to destruction as though they were Canaanites. Saul annihilated his own people. But David, while running for his life, takes time to go save a city of his own people. He's the true king. The Philistines have raided the city of Keilah. David asked the Lord, shall I go? and save Keilah and attack the Philistines. The Lord said, go. But his men were worried. We got enough trouble from our own people here. How are we going to go after the Philistines? David again inquires the Lord. The Lord says, go. David says, we're going. And they go. And they attack the Philistines and they save Keilah. 
See, even while David is being hunted down for his life, God still uses him to bring salvation to his people from the Philistines. So we see salvation from the Philistines. Secondly, in this passage, we see salvation from a priest. Look at verse 6. When Abiathar, the son of Ahimelech, had fled to David to Keilah, he had come down with an ephod in his hand. Now it was told Saul that David had come to Keilah, and Saul said, God has given him into my hand, for he has shut himself in by entering a town that has gates and bars. And Saul summoned all the people to war to go down to Keilah to besiege David and his men. David knew that Saul was plotting harm against him. Saul's coming for him. He's heard David was a killer. And so the, he asked the priest, Abiathar, you remember when Saul had, uh, had the priest, Doeg had massacred the priest at Nob that Abiathar had escaped and come to David and David had promised, you'll be safe with me. I'll take care of you. You remember he brought the priestly garment, the, the, the ephod with him. So David knows Saul is coming. He asked the priest, will Keilah hide me, this town that we've just saved, or will they turn me over to Saul? Look again at verse 9. David knew that Saul was plotting against him, and he said to Abiathar the priest, Bring the ephod here. Then David said, O Lord, the God of Israel, your servant has surely heard that Saul seeks to come to Keilah to destroy the city on my account. Will the men of Keilah surrender me into his hand? Will Saul come down as your servant has heard? O Lord, the God of Israel, please tell your servant. And the Lord said, he will come. Then David said, will the men of Keilah surrender me and my men into the hand of Saul? And the Lord said, they will surrender you. Now you notice when David inquires of the Lord of what is going to happen that he asks the priest, Abiathar, for the, to, for the, about the ephod. Now from what we know in Scripture, the ephod contained what is called the Urim and the Tunim. And the Scripture does not tell us specifically how they worked, but these two stones embedded in the priestly garment, the ephod, on occasion would reveal the will of God. And here the Lord reveals through this that yes, Saul will come to Keilah and yes, the people of Keilah will turn you over to Saul. Now before we jump all over the people of Keilah, you ungrateful people, David came and saved your town and now you're going to turn him over to Saul. Before we jump all over them, remember what had just happened to Nob, the town where the priests were, where they had given David five loaves of bread and by the time Saul got done with them, all the all the priests except the one that escaped and all the men, women, and children and livestock of that town were slaughtered. 
not saying what they did was right and it was wrong, but consider what all they had to think about. But the Lord reveals this to David through the Urim and the Tumim, through the priest's ephod, the Lord speaks to him and David and his men escape. And so the Lord had sent salvation from the Philistines through David. Now the Lord has sent salvation for David through the priest and his ephod. Thirdly, in this passage, we see salvation from the Philistines. You follow me? First, we saw salvation from the Philistines. Secondly, we saw salvation from the priest. Now again, we see salvation from the Philistines. Look at verse 24. And they arose and went to Ziph ahead of Saul. Now David and his men were in the wilderness of Mound and the Arabah to the south of Jeshimon. And Saul and his men went to seek him. And David was told, so he went down to the rock and lived in the wilderness of Mound. And when Saul heard that, he pursued after David in the wilderness of Mound. Saul went on one side of the mountain and David and his men on the other side of the mountain. And David was hurrying to get away from Saul. And Saul and his men were closing in on David and his men to capture them. You see there, David, now he's gone to this place, Ziph. And he's hiding. And while he was there, his friend, Jonathan, Saul's son, had come to encourage David. But now he's gone. And again, we read in verse 19 that the Ziphites just like Keilah, they ratted David and his men out to Saul. Now there's no help left for David and his men. We see that Saul is pursuing David and there's a mountain. And David and his men are trying to get around one side of the mountain and Saul and his men are coming around the other side in pursuit and what they can't see but we can is that David is fixing to fall into a trap with nowhere to turn and no one to help and the rope is getting real tight I remember as a Small child. I reckon most of us, when we were small children, except those of us who were already too old, when it first came out, at some point, when we were little children, somebody thought it would be nice for us to watch the sound of music. I guess at least boys, mostly, we would not be much interested in watching it except for when we were small children. 
But I remember as a small, very small child watching the sound of music. I remember as a small child how nervous I felt at the final scene of that movie when that family and all those children are hiding in that cemetery at that convent or abbey all huddled up behind the tombstone and the Nazis on the other side shining the flashlight, the torch to try to find that family take them into custody and even as a small child you don't know all these dramatic conventions you just got a feeling that the smallest child's fixing to make a noise this is a scene like that they're hiding trying to get around one side and escape. But they're fixing to run right in to the people that have all intentions of killing them. But then when there's no one left to help and nowhere left to turn, look what happens. Look at verse 27. A messenger came to Saul saying, hurry and come for the Philistines have made a raid against the land. So Saul returned from pursuing after David and went against the Philistines. Therefore that place was called the rock of escape and David went up from there and lived in the strongholds of En Gedi. Just as they're about to pounce on David and his men, a messenger comes running to Saul and says, Hey, the Philistines have raided. And Saul immediately has to break off and go chase the Philistines. Think about it. The Lord sent David to Keilah to bring salvation from the Philistines. Now the Lord sends the Philistines to bring David salvation from Saul. That's how God works. He owns the universe. All things, including the Philistines, are at his disposal for whatever purpose he sees fit. And that brings us to the last point. We see salvation from the Philistines, salvation from the priest, salvation from the Philistines, and fourthly and finally, we see salvation is truly all from the Lord. Look at verse 14. And David remained in the strongholds in the wilderness in the hill country of the wilderness of Ziph. And Saul sought him every day, but God did not give him into his hand. David saw 
that Saul had come out to seek his life. David was in the wilderness of Ziph at Oresh, and Jonathan, Saul's son, rose and went to David at Oresh and strengthened his hand in God. And he said to him, Do not fear, for the hand of Saul my father shall not find you. You shall be king over Israel, and I shall be next to you. Saul my father also knows this. And the two of them made a covenant before the Lord. David remained at Oresh and Jonathan went home. Now this is the center of this passage. We saved it for last. Frequently, uh, the way the Hebrews would write, the, 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 the main point would be right in the center of the, of the passage. And here's the center of this passage. You see, the end of verse 14, God did not give David into Saul's hand. The Lord will not let Saul kill David. Why? Well, you see, when Jonathan comes to visit David there in the wilderness of Ziph, in verses 15 to 18, we just read, Jonathan reminds David, you will be king. And he adds, and my father knows this. This is why God will not let Saul get David. God has said, David will be king. And God cannot break his word. Apparently, according to Jonathan, this was common knowledge. King Saul himself knew it. God cannot break his word. And neither can we. Neither could Saul. Hard as he tried. He couldn't stop God's word from coming true. God could use an attack of Philistine raiders against his own people to save his people and keep his word. He's the same God who could use the worst crime and sin of all time to bring the eternal salvation of his people. God has bound himself to his people. He has promised, he has made an oath to save his people even as he made an oath to make David king. And God cannot break his oath. And so he gave his own son. God became man to die for sin, for our sin, and rise again. Because God has bound himself on oath that we, his people, shall be with him forever. And what keeps us from being with him is sin. And since only the death of his own son could take away our sin, that's what God did. He will not break his word. This is a true God. And David said, this God 
God is my helper. Is he your helper? In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Ghost. Amen.